Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. Many of you in here would know this person well, but we have a lot of new people too. So I get the privilege of introducing Pastor Laura. Laura Limix is going to be sharing the word this morning. And she, yeah, you can give her a hand. And she didn't, she didn't know I was going to do this, but her and her husband, John, and really their family, now they have all adult children, and I don't want to steal her thunder. She's probably going to share whatever she wants to share. Anyway, um, but they have been an integral part of Heartland for many, 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 many years. And these are wonderful people. And Laura has wore many hats over the years. She's worked at Heartland uh, as the administrator for many years. Uh, She is now, one of her roles is pastoral care pastor. But today she is coming to share what God has laid on her heart. And I want us to just honor her, um, not for what she's about to say, but all the years of faithfulness of investing in this house. Can we do that as she comes? Can you honor her this morning? Thank you. Oh, wow. What a morning already. Well, I wasn't planning on sharing a a whole lot about my family, but I will share one really big thing about my family. In just over three weeks, we are expecting our first grandchild. So we're really excited about that. A A new season in our lives. The only downer is that one will be born to our daughter and her husband that live in Canada, that we are going to have a wonderful connection with them in, in many ways, thanks to technology, right? So, amen. That's right. Okay. Well, I need to just do one quick announcement here real quick. Um, Today we started in the atrium, sign-ups for the ultimate journey. And I know I've talked a little bit about it a few weeks ago, but I just really want to put that plug in again. Um, It's an amazing, amazing journey to go on, and they are back there to answer your questions. You need to sign up. This isn't something you can just show up for. It's very important that you drop by the table in the next few weeks and sign up and talk to whoever's back there. Ask them questions. Um, They'll have good answers. So... All right, um, we are going to receive communion at the end, so if you don't, didn't grab one of those communion cups at some point, um, you won't distract me. If you need to slip out, I would ask that you actually do that, so um, we can do that at the end. But if you could open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. And I'm going to read the text. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them, and he bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. 
Quick, he said. Get three shaves of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. Then he brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under the tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Yeah, it's like she could fool the Lord, right? When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in this city? Will you really sweep away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50. Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? If there are 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? The Lord answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking to Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for um, how you speak to us through your word. And Lord, I just ask that this morning you would help me to articulate what you have shown me and what you have placed in my heart, that you would receive all of the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So this is an interesting text. I mean, you could pull out several things out of here. But um, I was actually a few months back doing a short study on hospitality, and the first portion of this text was one of the, the passages that this specific devotional suggested on hospitality. But as I read the entire text, the Lord began to show me a pattern here. And, um, and I have just really spent um, some time over the last few weeks in this passage. And so I'm hoping that I can, first of all, um, help you to grow hungry for what Abraham experienced in this passage. So I'm going to just break it down a little bit because that's kind of how I like to do things when I'm teaching from a text like this. So it was the heat of the day that we find Abraham, and I was thinking this last week, what a perfect week to think about the heat of the day. How many of you were outside early in the week? It was miserable. And what Abraham was doing is he was just trying to find a place to stay cool and and quiet. And all of a sudden, um, he senses, I believe, he senses the presence of the Lord, and he looks up and he sees these three men. Now, Abraham has had three previous encounters with the Lord. In chapter 12, the Lord came to him and called him out to live in these tents that he is living in here. And then in chapter 15, the Lord visits him in a vision. And in chapter 17, the Lord comes to him, and there is the covenant of circumcision. And so here we are going into chapter 18 in this divine visitation where the Lord really is kind of disguised, but it's on the heels of some very radical obedience. So Abraham looks up and he, he recognizes the Lord. I love the way the text actually says it. He says he looks up and he sees three men, and then the next sentence it says, when he saw them. It's like his eyes, he recognized this is, this is a visitation from the Lord. This is just not three men wandering. And it's, you know, we, we read in Hebrews how sometimes we entertain angels unaware. And, and there's, so there's two angels with the Lord. And I don't want to say it was a test, but at the same time, you know, what if Abraham hadn't recognized the presence of the Lord in that moment? And there are lots of times that maybe we don't recognize the presence of the Lord. We come into our services and we talk about and worship, oh, the presence of the Lord is here. And, and I don't want to make anyone feel bad because you know what? We all sense and feel the presence of the Lord in a different ways. So just because someone says, oh, can you feel the weightiness of the Lord? Don't feel like, no, I don't feel anything because that's okay. There's a lot of different ways that we sense the presence of the Lord. And um, it's with our senses. Some people I've heard say that, man, everything just all of a sudden, the brightness and the lights become more um, dynamic. So there's that. There's the, there is the weightiness. I remember back in 08 when we had a lot of the outpouring going on here at Heartland. And, and we had people talk about how their ears would get hot. You know, some people would smell a, a beautiful fragrance. It's, but part of it is, too, also training ourselves to, to practice being sensitive to the Lord. And that isn't just done here on Sunday mornings. That's really done in what we do throughout the week. I remember a season in my life I was um, doing an extended study on the history of Israel and the minor prophets. And I would sit down and I would just open my Bible and I could just sense this peace settle. And it was the presence of the Lord. He was meeting me. This word is alive. And if you aren't in it, you're missing an opportunity to encounter the living God through the word. That's just one way. There's, there's prayer. Um, 
obviously there's coming to church service, there's your time of worship. And worship isn't, again, just for Sunday mornings. I love playing worship music. My husband walks in sometimes, and I've got the music pretty loud, and I'm just worshiping, pacing in my kitchen. And, and you know what? It doesn't have to be a, a band up here. It can be in our, it's in our homes. And then we bring it all together, and that's a beautiful, amazing thing. So we see Abraham, he sensed the presence of the Lord. And how does he respond? He runs to them. He bows down. And then it, it, it goes on and it tells us about how he does to go and prepare this feast. But I think we need to even ask ourselves, how do we respond when we sense the presence of the Lord? We live such busy lives. Sometimes, it, I mean, I'll be honest, there are times I'm sitting down doing my Bible time at home and I look up and I'm like, oh, that picture's crooked. You know, I need to go straighten it out. I can be easily distracted too. You know, I've learned I've got to keep a piece of paper because I can also be trying to spend time in prayer and all these thoughts, oh yeah, I need to call so-and-so and ooh, I should do this and I've got to have a piece of paper there. Write it down, get it out of your head. We've got to find ways to, to just really stay focused on the Lord. But I want to share a couple of stories about um, the Lord coming to people and their response. Back, uh, this was before we even moved into this building, but some even after we were here, we'd have staff meetings. And I know Pastor has shared some of these stories. We'd be in staff meeting going over, you know, things that we need to talk about in staff meeting. And all of a sudden, someone would say, you know what, I just feel like we just need to, Maybe just wait on the Lord for a moment. And we would just give him room, just that little room. And oh my goodness, I tell you what, there was a lot of snot, sorry, left on the carpets over at that old building. But it was, it was beautiful. Another story. In a 2003, my um, husband went to Brazil. And it was a stretch for us. Um, for a lot of reasons. We had young children. Um, he was going to be gone for two weeks. It was a big financial thing. Um, but he knew that the Lord had spoke to him to go on this trip. It was with Randy Clark. And, and actually, just a little side note, it was such an amazing thing. All of the connections that the Lord gave on that trip. John met Jean Nicole on that trip. Before Jean ever knew Tisa, um, John and Jean, uh, um, they had prayer teams all night long. And so John and Jean sometimes got to pray together, even back then as they roamed the halls and just prayed over those meetings in the team. Um, and another cool story from there is one night they were trying to get a, a car full to go to this other church. And so John just happened to be the one, I don't know if he just said, oh, I'll go, or he got shoved in, but you'll never guess who's in the car with him. Jean Nicole, Jamie Galloway, and Will Hart. Yes, is also on that trip. He met Bill and Carol Dew, who Carol became a spiritual mother to me. Um, she's now gone to be with the Lord, but just some amazing things that God did out of that trip. But anyway, so John came back from that trip, and within a few months, um, he'd be at his office, and the presence of the Lord would start coming into his office. And there was numerous times he would call me or Pastor Christopher at the time, and he would, he'd be under his desk sobbing because there was such a heavy presence of the Lord in his office. Now, that wasn't convenient. It wasn't convenient when we were trying to have staff meeting always. But you know what? That was what was important. And you might say, well, that doesn't really always fit into my life. Well, you know, 
if it's 10 o'clock in the morning, you're at work, and you sense that the Lord wants to minister, you speak to you, you might have to say, can I go to lunch early today? Sometimes it's rearranging our schedules and being willing to be out of our comfort zone to accommodate the Lord. So it says here, Abraham offers water, and he brought it to wash their feet. And then it says he offers to go get them a morsel of bread. Um, some translations say a slice of bread. But what he really came back with was this amazing feast. The word says that he told her, take three shays of flour and knead them into bread. Let me tell you, one shay is equal to 31 cups. This was no morsel. This was no slice of bread. But when I read that, it gripped me because I thought, but that's how I feel sometimes. I feel like I can only give you a morsel, Lord, in comparison to all that you've given me. And I thought even about, I thought about the tithe. You know, he asked 10%. That's such a small morsel. Yes, I can, you could can say, well, the 80% you, you get to keep, but there's so much more that he's given me. And all I, he just asks for 10%. But what we give here when we worship or, or our time at home, our time, talent, and our tithe, those are just such a morsel compared to what God has done for us and given us. And I love how throughout this passage, Abraham's hurried. Quick, quick, hurry. I love, too, that he said, select a calf. The um, New American Bible says, tender and good. He went out and he wanted a calf that was tender and good. Do we give him the tender and the good things in our lives? The best, the best of us. Sometimes he gets the leftovers. But he is so worthy of the best. And I'm not up here saying that I don't ever give him leftovers. Trust me, life gets busy. That's not my heart. But I think we all need to strive for what can I give you that is the best. I think that's why getting up in the morning and spending time with the Lord is so important when you're awake and refreshed. I know I've tried it to do devotions in the evening, read in the evening, and my eyes get heavy. <laughs> it's so much better in the morning. So Abraham earnestly and wholeheartedly was looking to please the Lord. You know, this whole encounter, he wasn't asking for anything in return. He never once, all he was about was ministering to the Lord. How can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I, you know, ravish you with my love, with my service? How quick are we sometimes in our prayer life or we're in a service and we sense the Lord we start asking instead of just being with him, just enjoying his presence and his company. I do it on time here because I want to get be sure we get to communion. All right, so I want to kind of lay out these paths here. So we have this: the Lord visits him, and he senses the presence of the Lord, and then he entertains the presence of the Lord. And what happens after that? He, they ask, where's Sarah? And he speaks of promise and blessing. Abraham didn't ask for that. 
but out of his extravagance unto the Lord, there is a promise and a blessing, the blessing of a son. And, and I'm not going to get into Sarah's response. That's a whole nother message, but it's an interesting response. And then down in verse 16, we find that there's the, um, they're walking away, they're leaving, and, and Abraham's going with them. You know, he's, he's trying to stay with the Lord as much as he can in this process, and he see, he's seeing them on their way, and the Lord says, should I tell Abraham what I am about to do? The Lord is saying, should I share this secret with Abraham? Psalms 25 14 says, the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. It's an amazing thing to think that the God of the universe would share his secrets with us. So he's asking that. But then it's interesting to me that before he shares his secret, he starts telling about all of the great things that are going to happen to Abraham. Abraham's going to have this you know, promised child, and all of these ways that God is going to bless him. And then he shares with Abraham what he's going to do. And in that, Abraham could have very easily thought, well, my problem, I got the promise. But that's not what he did. But before we get to intercession... It says in verse 23, the angels departed, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And then he got close to him. He, he pressed in. So there's two things here. When the angels went on, Abraham stayed focused on the Lord. When all of the manifestations of revival move on, do we stay focused on the Lord when there's no longer the, the angels showing up in the service or there's no longer the, the feathers or whatever it is, that the gems, the gold teeth. You know, I could go on and on of the things that we hear stories of revival. But when, those, when the angels went on, Abraham stood and stayed before the Lord. And we need to remember that that's our focus in all of those times is, is to stay with the Lord. That's our focus And on the heels of that, Abraham begins to intercede for the people of Sodom. And that's what, when God shares his heart with us, that's where intercession should follow, right? But I think it's important when, we, when the Lord shares those secrets to us, a few things I think we need to take into consideration. Not everything, not everything God tells us is for public consumption. We have to be mature enough to say, Lord, why are you sharing this with me? Abraham didn't turn and run and say, Sarah, guess what God just told me? He didn't go post on Facebook, guess what I just heard? Sometimes he shares things with us because he wants us to pray about it. Sometimes we need to put it in our prayer journal. But sometimes those things are because the Lord wants you to partner with him in that thing in prayer. And it's amazing how Abraham 
interceded. I mean, he, he just, boy, he was persistent. And he was bold. And you know what? I believe that that blessed the Lord's heart, that Abraham was so bold. They had a friendship. And if we have friendships, we can be, we should be able to ask. And, and that's what Abraham, that's how he was interacting with the Lord. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. And then the end of chapter 18. When the Lord had finished speaking, he left. How many times do we leave before God's finished speaking? The phone rings. You hear your text ding on your phone. <laughs> oh, I got to go see who's texting me. It's time for that whatever show is coming on TV. But when the Lord had finished, he left, and Abraham returned home. Abraham went back to what was normal. You know, the Lord was with him every day, but not the same as he was this day. The Lord is with us every day. But there are some days where you don't want to miss that amazing encounter with the Lord like Abraham had this day. So that all goes back then to being sensitive to the presence of the Lord. You know, as we've talked about different ways that um, we, we talked about how we can be in the word and prayer and worship and all of those ways to encounter the Lord. Um, one thing that I didn't mention that we're, I want to talk about just briefly here, and that is in the area of communion. Um, I'm in the, a lot of you know, I do a lot with the pro-life movement, and I work with some very dear Catholic friends there. And I hear them talk about how, for them, going to Mass is an opportunity to encounter the presence of God through communion. Too many times I think we, um, we look at it as just symbolism. But I want to point something out to you here. And we're going to just begin to transition a little bit here towards communion. But in 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. I'm going to read this text, and then I'm going to break it down a little bit before we go into communion. For I received from the Lord that what I also passed on to you. This is verse, starting in verse 23. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, for which, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats 
and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. So, communion is an opportunity to encounter the Lord. Revelations 3.20 tells us, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you and you with me. If I can tie this, these two passages together, you know, communion is fellowshipping with the Lord. We're communing with him. And if, I, if you look back over what we've been talking about in chapter 18 this morning of Genesis, the freedom, I'm going to read this because I want to be sure I say it right, the freedom and simplicity of fellowshipping with God ministering to him, accepting it, and then uniting with us in his purposes and being blessed by his manifest presence. The freedom and simplicity of fellowshipping with God, ministering to him, God accepting it, and then uniting with us in his purposes and being blessed by his manifest presence. Commune is an opportunity for that. Several years ago, when the Lord was walking me through some very, very deep healing, I had an amazing encounter with him in communion. It was really supernatural. And I know of others that have experienced that as well. Because if we read what it says here in chapter 11 again, talks about eating and drinking without recognizing the body of the Lord. It is the body of the Lord. To me, communion is a very sacred thing. And I think so many times we, we miss an opportunity to encounter God. We do it often around here, communion. And I hope today as we do this, and, I, and we, I, it's what I'm going to share just real briefly here on communion, that from now on when you take communion here, you don't look at it the same, but you look at it as this is an opportunity to encounter God today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com slash give.